I am excited to stop in South Carolina for the first time to sit down with an entrepreneur who has already been featured with Lululemon, J. Crew, Cherish Co., and so many more, with pieces of work oscillating between subjects, hyper-realism of water, or strict lines of a horizon. Jen's pieces are bold and enchanting, attracting collectors across the U.S. and internationally. Welcome back to another episode of That Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancy. It does not matter if you are brand new, unborn, or have an established company. This is the show for you. Each episode, I have the opportunity to sit down with a different entrepreneur from around the country and across the globe. You never know which journey will inspire you most. After looking into Jen's work, her success is certainly no surprise. I found she separates herself in many ways, including her quality of work and uniqueness. Today's guest is a contemporary painter based in Charleston, South Carolina. She holds a Bachelor's of Art from Furman University and continued art certificates from Southby's Institute of Art in New York. She aims to draw attention to water through her paintings and in turn, attract conservation of our waterways. She selectively works with brands who align this mission and a shared sense of preservation. A big shout out to Shake for the introduction. And I will now introduce Jen Griffith. Jen, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me. This is a great way to start a Monday. I'm excited to interview you and thank you to Shake. For the mutual friend, she came across <laughs> the media after Shake had posted something. So we get the opportunity to hear her journey too. Please introduce yourself a little more to our listeners and previewing a bit of your story. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, my name is Jennifer Griffith. Professionally, I'm Jen Griffith, um, Jen Griffith Art. I've been painting full time professionally for about five years now left my nine to five job to do that, but we'll get into all that later. Um, a lot of my work is inspired by where I live and the landscape here in Charleston, South Carolina. I like to surf. And so a lot of, a lot of what I do is inspired by the water and the movement of water and also preserving it, doing what I can to kind of ensure that people know that even though the ocean seems pretty vast and endless there, it's a finite resource, everything we have here. So. I love your passion. I love why Thanks. you're doing what you do, because <laughs> I could tell that the quality of work in anything, if you enjoy what you're doing, the quality of work is just going to continue to grow. And that's what I noticed out of her artwork. But I want to ask you before we really get going, what was your first sale? My first sale was a, painting for one of my dad's co-workers she wanted me to paint a painting of her dog <laughs> so um she commissioned a painting of her pit bull and i don't paint dogs anymore um but that was the first thing i i sold so well you've and come she a was... long way yeah <laughs> yeah it was great though i mean that's what it takes in starting small businesses is just people believing in your mission like she must have she must have known that there was that passion and the need to just support someone from the ground up. 
Word of mouth is the best advertising. It's the hardest to get, but if you do, your business can grow, especially for small businesses. But now we're going to step back and to actually talk about when you left corporate and started doing your own thing five years ago. Yeah, so I was working for, I graduated university and I was working for a magazine and had worked there for just over a year. And I enjoyed it. It was a great company culture, good company. But my role was not at all um, artistic at all. I was not on the editorial or the art side. I was working strictly in the front office. Based, I mean, my my nickname at the office was front desk girl. So there, there was not, not a whole lot of creativity involved and it was a little bit soul sucking. So at my one year review, I just there wasn't much of a raise involved or anything. And I just thought, you know, I got to get out of here. So I did what every parent warned me against. And I left my job without another job lined up (laughs) and um, started, I had already been painting in the aforementioned dog painting. I had been selling some work like that to, to some people and around town. So I really just tried to pick that up. And then over the course of a couple of years following that job, I worked at a lot of different places to supplement my art career. Right. But, you know, sometimes I was working three jobs at a time, but it was great. And it that hustle is just what makes me grateful every day that I get to do things like this. Like I'm starting out on Monday talking to you, you know, I can resonate um, with all of that. I had three jobs at one point, too, when I left corporate for the final corporate run. I wanted to write my first book and actually stop procrastinating as it took a few years, just get it out. I would start the morning, 4 to 10 a.m., teaching English to kids in Beijing over the computer. 4 to 10, oh man. Because they're 12 hours ahead. Yeah. And then then I would do some construction labor work as a helper. And then I would do some kitchen work as an expo or a busboy just to make the dream work. But like you, the hustle really transcends into the work I'm doing now. And I'm much happier because of my own schedule. Absolutely. It's a big part of it. I the own schedule is something that's hard to do though. I think the discipline behind getting it ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm up at six every day and I'm doing 12 hour days and I'm super inspired. And other times having the self-discipline to to like truly work self-employed can be tough, but but it's there. I, I feel like I'm kept on my toes. <laughs> every day is different, which is nice about entrepreneurship. I, when I'm feeling kind of out of it, not in the mood to do anything, my outlet is fitness. I just go to the gym or something and just get some energy. It really helps me lengthen my day. I try to hit it every morning, whether it's just a little cardio. You do the Peloton? I don't do the Peloton. You bike outside. (laughs) I I am going to get back into the nature trails here in Florida. If I wake up early enough to enjoy those, I feel where it won't be too, too hot in the summer. Yeah. But with the rod with the rod in my leg, I can't really run on cement or not that I can't after a few minutes, it would be very uncomfortable. So I found the stationary bike is my best friend. The elliptical might be too much jerking around at times as well, but I don't make an excuse of it. I still try to make sure I do the bike as much as I can. And You mentioned that the difficult part for you was this staying motivated, and that goes with every entrepreneur. We can all agree with that. What's something else that you find challenging? I guess metrics and, and, you know, knowing that everything I do 
comes back to me. I don't have employees. I've had a couple of um, like interns or um, I had a girl from the College of Charleston. She was great. Her name was Paige. She helped me out a couple years ago in my studio, but I don't have employees. I do everything myself. So knowing that everything I do, whether it's a success or a failure comes back to me. I can't, you know, you can't blame anyone else for anything that goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes hard for me to know that any number, like anything I'm selling or any of my sales on my website are because of my like if the numbers are low on my sales is because I'm not a great salesperson. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the artwork isn't good, but I find it hard to balance being an artist and a social media manager. And, you know, I guess something that probably every entrepreneur says, just balancing everything and being good and the hat, wearing the hat of every single job that ordinarily would be pushed out to other people, you know, even like, QuickBooks and being the accountant and the HR person is <laughs> can I be tough agree. to kind of assess my skill level at everything. <laughs> There's a lot of things I just do just to get by, like because I'm not the greatest at like the social media, like the other areas that would be outsourced or delegated to just different departments that specialize in that sort of thing. But we have to do it all and just do it the best we can. There's no blueprint for what we're doing, which trial and error, most of the time for me, trying to make entrepreneurship work. There's so many different facets that not everybody is aware of, but you mentioned something how if it's a failure, it goes back to you. If it's success, it goes back to you. What is one of your greatest failures or lessons learned throughout your experience working for yourself? I would say that one of the things I've learned over time is not to be too nice. And I don't mean that in a person to person kind of way. Of course, I always have my best attitude on when speaking to anyone, but I have left a lot of money on the table and, you know, done some things with custom orders and whatnot that doesn't serve me or my business, but it serves the client. And of course you think, okay, the customer is always right. But at some point in building a business, the customer isn't always right. For instance, especially with painting, people tend to think that because I can paint, I can paint anything or like, you know, that dog, for instance. <laughs> um, but it takes me away from my goals and the collections I want to create and the vision that I have for where my art is going if I keep going back to what other people ask of me. Or like I said, I've also negotiated a few too many times and art is hard art's a hard business because there is a certain group of collectors that really see the value in artwork but then there are other people who really think that if you're an artist you're a starving artist and of course you want to do the work for me because because you need the work and so learning to be just a little more strict with my own with my own convictions, you know, respecting and, your own time goes down to it. Yeah. too. You're invested your entire life into your business. You quit corporate. This is your life. If you're doing things that are wasting or not wasting your time, just as you said, detracting you from your mission, 
It's a lesson right. right there. Stick to your strengths and keep leveraging them as she's doing. She's doing a great job of that. You're going to see all of her work on her site at the end of the show. But I want to ask you now, if you could sit down and learn from any entrepreneur, who would you choose to have a conversation with? You know, I really think Yvonne Chouinard, the uh, CEO of Patagonia, is a, such a fascinating person. He's really found a way to build a business based on his beliefs and convictions and continue to evolve the company in ways that still speak to that. And of course, 180 degrees South is a great <laughs> documentary, which I really enjoyed. He just seems like a fascinating person. I can, I could list a few. There's, um, Bishan Lakiani. I don't know if you've read the book, the, um, code of the extraordinary mind. I have not. It's a great book. He is really well spoken and well written in that book. And it that's a book that kind of changed my truly changed my life, kind of altered the way that I think about life. And there are these things called rules in the book, which are bullshit rules. Just basically, you know, these things that we've been taught from childhood that really like, why do we follow those rules? You know, you can kind of forge your own path and think he would be a, an interesting one as well. I like both those choices, but we're going to delve a bit deeper. Where would these locations be for the meetings? I'm sure there may be two separate locations. Where would you want to meet them? On a surfboard, out just out in the water. I think that that is one of the most peaceful places of clarity and you can really have great conversations with people you're unfazed by anything else you know there are no phones really very few distractions you might see some dolphins or something but it's one of the most peaceful calming like down-to-earth places i think <laughs> do you sir i don't surf no i would like to someday learn for sure out in here. florida yeah over here in tampa i don't think this is a spot more towards Lauderdale area on the other side of the state. From what I understand, I, I could be wrong. I would like to involve something to do maybe in a few years once this first 10, 12 years of entrepreneurship grinds uh, ends. These meetings would be great, but I want to now look into the future for all of your endeavors here, Jen. Where do you see yourself and everything you're doing short term? Short term, I'm really excited to get back into people-to-people -people contact. I'm excited to plan an art show within the next year here in Charleston. Um, really have a fully curated show of just all of my work. And that that's definitely the short-term goal cool. within the next 365. That Mark my words, it's happening. <laughs> we'll keep us posted to promote it for you. What are you looking long-term? Yeah, thanks. Long-term... Hope I, you know, I'm torn. It's funny because you think I need to have a five-year plan that's set in stone. But the thing I found about life is similar to kind of what you and I were talking about before we went on the air. Just life happens, and you, sometimes you can't plan for it. But if I had my way, I would have more of a retail environment sure. where I can have a store here, probably in Charleston, where I'm painting my surfboards and working on my paintings and then there's a front showroom that I'm awesome. in that space and people can come in and have kind of a cool interactive art space that they can view the work and you know may, like how cool would it be to walk into 
kind of a non-traditional art gallery and there's one wall that has just like a big canvas that you can come like throw some paint on as a passerby. That's a great idea. You got to get that going. And I think <laughs> on the track you're on, that will happen sooner than later. And I'm with you. Obviously, life does just happen sometimes. And instead of me setting five year plans now, it's more I have these goals and some of them are just shorter goals and other goals. Right. Lifelong goals or, you know, goals I want to attack this year because I tend to. And it's a good thing I've been finding ways to beat my timetables on my goals just because one of the things I do is I don't really rest until something's over. Like I'll really power myself through and it's not good or bad. It's just the way I operate. And I'm looking forward to just seeing more and more things that unravel through collaborations such as ours today. Great conversations. And for all of you listening on, get ready because it's about to be another great conversation as it's time for the spotlight story. For everyone new listening on, each week I share the entrepreneurial journey of another founder of a company, a brand, and I would love our guest's take on it. And as we have a rock star art entrepreneur on the show this week, I'm going to share the journey of another in Ron Kaplan. And my art knowledge is not where it needs to be, so this may be a common story for me. It was fun to learn. It was a pretty cool journey. Ron Kaplan was in Athens, Ohio, just mere days after the great blizzard of 1978. Methodically, hand screen printed t-shirt after t-shirt upon a metal desk in an empty Ohio University dorm room. As the article puts, carefully slipping a metal hanger into each so as not to smudge the images he had earlier birthed on a sketch pad, Rod would hang dozens of them mere inches apart to air dry on clotheslines that crisscrossed overhead. Think of the time difference. We're here. This is 70s, 80s to how things are done now. Much simpler. But however, under the glare of a bare light bulb shining from the ceiling with the odor of mineral spirits barely being pushed by a rattling box fan through the screen of the small room's lone window with each pull of the ink laden squeegee, the mind's eye of the young graphics design student was obsessed, but one inspiring, hypnotizing and even comforting vision, Surf Ohio. Little did he know his vision would go on to be embraced and shared by thousands, span generations, cross the globe, and celebrated four decades later as a lasting icon of the beach life. Jen, what do you take away from this story? Is this beach life story near your beach life? <laughs> I love it. I think that's a great story. It, and, you know, I mean, in 78, he's we're still doing the same thing today. I mean, my first art studio was inside my tiny bedroom of a house that I shared with three other girls. And you, I mean, similar to being stuck inside a blizzard, I've been stuck in hurricane conditions here in Charleston. You know, you just keep grinding, keep working. I love it. That's a good one. The, what really sticks with me is the smell of the minerals, <laughs> the mineral spirits blowing out through the box fan can't tell you how many times i've tried to spray paint inside a room where i should not have been doing that <laughs> i'm glad it resonated with you and that's something i've really been working harder on is to find stories that will resonate based on location or gender awesome. or occupation and i'm glad you like that story and with that i want to thank you so much jen for coming on the show today and making time to start your week with us when we record i love the hustle i love the ambition i love how you found the confidence in yourself to do your own thing I appreciate your lessons learned because that is a part of all of our businesses where the right decision needs to be made and time is limited. Who knows that project could take a bunch of months, even six months, who knows? And 
that six months you wasted towards finding your mission, working towards your goals. And now I would like to ask you for your last word. My last word is to keep going. I know everyone's probably said that a million times, but to me, the thing with entrepreneurship was just the knowledge that I couldn't fail. You know, just if you keep going, you won't be able to fail. I didn't want to be the artist who started painting and wound up working some other job and be forgotten, you know, just keep doing it. Yes. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And now can you please share your social media, the website, any ways for our listeners to say hello, buy some artwork? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Instagram is probably my biggest platform. I am Jen with two N's. So J E N N underscore Griffith underscore. That's my Instagram. My website is Jen Griffithart.com. I'm trying to get into the TikTok game. <laughs> I'm Jen Griffith on there as well. It's a hard one. It's hard to learn some new skills, but I'm on TikTok as well. Yeah, I started a TikTok. I was strong for uh, two weeks, then just <laughs> time in the day could be an excuse. I don't know. I just, between the Twitter, the Instagram and Facebook, it's just, I thought an intern would help me with that. But unfortunately, that's a story for another day. And now while you're looking at her social media and website, please check out the show too. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media except Twitter. We're at Podcasts by Lancey. So you get updates from all of the shows. My website is vincentalancy.com with my handles being at Vincent A. Lancy for social media and YouTube. And it's time for the quote to end the show. This one is from Dalai Lama. Remember that not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week on That Entrepreneur Show.